people constantly telling them, don't do this, don't do that, don't jump up, don't sit here, don't do this, don't go out the door, don't vote, don't be here, don't move here. Uh, it actually creates a neurotic or psychotic dog. I think you need somebody who's really trusted and invested in you that can have those hard conversations with you to make sure that you actually see your business for what it is and not for what's in your heart, what you believe it is. Think of it as a 3D printer in your pocket that you can use anywhere, any place, anytime, and fix and improve or repair or make something brand new. We're gonna make a whole line of alcohol detox and wellness shops for health conscious party goers. I'm Richard Gerhardt. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhardt. Welcome to Passage to Profit, the show that's all about entrepreneurism, innovation, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. You've just heard some clips from our show. If you want to hear the rest of it, which you should because it was incredibly awesome, stay tuned. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Tonight, we have a super special guest, Warren Eckstein, pet psychologist, a celebrity pet trainer, and host of the radio show, The Pet Show. And then after that, we'll also have Colleen Ferry, who is going to be talking about Small Business USA. She is going to be interviewed by our very own award-winning Carrie Barrett from Carrie Barrett Consulting. And then we are going to have the solution. Throw out your glue. This is a new product. You will never use <laughs> all, glue again. All, all that glue that I've got, I, got, <laughs> Robert, I have to get rid of now. Robert Harbour will be talking about bonding. And then last, but certainly not least, especially with the holidays coming up, Jen Du has a solution to your hangover woes. So <laughs> stay tuned. So stick with it. So we're here with Warren it's so happy to have you here with us, Warren. You're a legend in broadcasting. How did you get into the pet counseling business in the first place? Well, I grew up on Long Island, in a typical Long Island Jewish household. You know, all of my relatives lived in the Bronx and Brooklyn, Staten Island, and the city. We were the first family to move to Long Island. So on weekends, it was like the ultimate gathering. Every one of the cousins, relatives would come to the house on Long Island. I was shy as a kid, believe that. I was shy as a kid. <laughs> and um, <laughs> behind my parents' house was an old little creek. And there were like snapping turtles and ducks and uh, different types of muskrats and rats and geese. And when all these people came towering down on my little home, I said, that's it. I can't deal with it anymore. I love you, grandma. I love you, grandpa, but I'm out of here. I went into the backyard and that's where I spent my time. And ever since I was maybe eight, nine years old, I always felt more comfortable around animals than I did around people, even to this day. You know, I'm talking to you now and, and I don't look like I'm afraid, but I got butterflies in my stomach talking to people. When I'm with dogs and cats, piece of cake. So your first patient was a muskrat? Kind of, yeah. A muskrat or a snapping turtle. <laughs> the snapping turtle had a bit of an attitude adjustment that I had to work on, but we, we got there. I was going to say, do they have attitudes? Are they snapping turtles because that's the way they communicate? If you, if you, if you call something a snapping turtle, chances are they're going to snap. If they just called it a turtle, probably they'd be a lot more mellow. <laughs> so, so, but here's how it started with all these people coming out. And then, you know, years later, I got out of the service and I was training in Europe. I actually snuck into East Germany when the wall was up. Uh, I, I can't get in trouble anymore. But because I did that, I was able to work with some of the kennels over there. And then I went to Holland and all over Europe training and whatever. And I came back to the U.S. 
And I had just gotten married to my high school sweetheart and nothing existed. There was no such thing as animal psychology. You know, I told my parents I was going to be America's first animal psychologist. The first thing they did was try to get me into therapy. Um, <laughs> but I got married and I had no idea. You know, I knew there was something that I had. I knew there was some information I had, but how do I get it out? I didn't know. And so I said to my wife, Faye, at the time, I said, Faye, you know, I have all this stuff that can help people get a better understanding of their pets, which would benefit not only the people, but the pets. How do I get that out there? That's such an interesting idea. I mean, when I was growing up, there was no such thing as animal psychology. I mean, animals just had their own way and you just kind of dealt with it. Um, Richard, when you were growing up, there was probably not in much in the way of people psychology. <laughs> <laughs> I know there wasn't much when I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Well, our, our attitude in, in our house was so out of sync with today's attitude toward animals. My dad grew up as a farmer. And so his attitude toward animals were they were food. And from a very young age, they owned a restaurant in Nebraska. And he would go out and be responsible for killing the chickens for that day's quota of food. And so in our house, he had such a different attitude. But it's not that way anymore. It's I, not that in, way In anymore. our house now, cats are king, right. right? And probably too much. So I bet Warren could give me some tips for calming these little tyrants down. After I have that discussion with your cats, I'll tell you exactly what to do. It's, it's the way to go. But, you know, here's what happened. As, as, as I said to my parents, I said to my wife, listen, I got to make a living. So I started working at a dry cleaner. And people would come in with dog hair and cat hair on their clothes, the same people every week. And we'd start relationships and I'd help them out a little here. But I said to my wife, I said, you know, there's a, something called a penny saver. I think you have them all over the country, like little newspapers that go to all the towns, penny savers. Yeah. And there's an affluent Jewish area on Long Island called the Five Towns. So I took out an ad in the newspaper that said, we'll teach your dog Yiddish for $15. <laughs> Now that may sound funny to you, but people call. That's the funny part. And, and, and that's what I did for $15. I would go to your home and I don't care if you had Cujo for 15 bucks, Warren would come there and solve any behavior problems you had. And that's how it started. And then reputation started building and building and building and building. And, and here I am 40 years later. So that's really great. I mean, it must require a huge depth of experience to deal with all the different animal types and all the different animal psychologies. Can you give us just some examples of sort of how you pick up on the behaviors and then how you treat them? It's often spending more time with the guardians than the animal itself. For example, the typical American family, the husband's watching football on Monday night, tells the dog to hop on the couch. The wife comes in and says, get the dog off the couch. The dog calls me and says, isn't that the definition of neurosis? So those are the, the lack of consistency within is part of it. But so many behaviorists, you know, we talk, you know, years ago, we talked about latchkey pets. Both mother and father are working. When I was growing up, mom was home all day. So dogs have to deal with a lot more things like separation, anxiety, uh, first pet psychology. You have cats, a bunch of them. I get calls all the time. You know, we have two cats in the household. We're introducing a third cat. What do we need to do to make sure they get along? Or we're introducing a new dog. What do we need to do? And I explain it to people, look at it from your point of view. I had a woman call me on the show last week that was bothered by the fact that her dog, for example, wasn't reacting the right way. And, and she wanted to bring another dog into the household. 
and she didn't understand why they wouldn't get along. And I said, well, how would you feel if another woman moved in the house and went right to your makeup? How would you feel about that? You're bringing another dog into the household. He's going to go to the dog's bowl. He's going to take over all that area. So what I would do is I would introduce dogs on neutral territory. No need to be territorial. No need to be protective. And little by little, I had as many as 30 dogs of my own at one time. All rescue dogs, of course. So it's looking at the family. And so what I do is, you know, animal psychology, animal trainer behavior. It's really like pet social work. So I got to ask you a question, though. You were on Regis and Kathy Lee, NBC, Today Show's contributing pet and animal editors, private celebrity clients. But the one that I see here that I don't know how you would work this relationship is official trainer to the New York mob. Yeah, that was, you know, it was interesting. Uh, I had taken the ads into Penny Saver. Believe it or not, that Penny Saver ad created my whole career. I got to David Letterman, to all those TV shows, all through that one ad. When I was doing those TV shows, it was my way of talking to the masses at one time. Because the advice I was giving was I was so demonized by the industry because everyone was, you know, correct this problem. You got to correct that problem. You got to stop the dog from doing this. They were just totally micromanaging the dog. For example, someone calls me on the show and says, listen, I can't stand it. I take my dog to the dog park and he sniffs the butts of other dogs. And I explained to him, that's the internet. That's Google for your dog. That is (laughs) everything your dog needs to know is right there. That is so much more important. So I think really what I, what I do is, is I've taken something that no one else ever did. And now there's is it the hardest thing to find in America right now is someone who doesn't give you dog advice or, or cat advice. <laughs> and, but and an important you, part of what yeah. you're doing, though, is you're teaching the pet owners to accept the animal's behavior instead of trying to change it, at least to some degree. And that just probably reduces the tension and the problems between pets and their pet parents. Well, it's give and take. In other words, you can't expect your dog or your cat to respond 100% of the time unless you do. I like an 85% response. I'm happy with that. So what happens is, again, the people constantly tell me, don't do this, don't do that, don't jump up, don't sit here, don't do this, don't go out the door, don't pull, don't be here, don't poop here. Uh, It actually creates a neurotic or psychotic dog. It's created by the family. So it's what I try to do is explain to the family, look at it from your dog's point of view. How would you feel if everyone in the house told you what to do and, and you were the only one receiving? Of course, you're going to rebel. So that's why I deal with a lot of dogs and many, many cats that all of a sudden, you know, this ain't working, folks. I've had it. I'm going to pee over there instead of my litter box. I get that all the time. Or I'm going to jump on the couch or, or I'm going to scratch the door. I'm going to keep you up. So I try not to focus on correcting the problem versus trying to figure out why the problem was created in the first place. So I have a question, cat-specific question. Why do cats guard the door? Like, I'll leave the door open a little so the three cats can go in and out, and one of them will just sit there in the doorway. A cat's sense of smell is very, very strong. So they know, for example, if there's a a stray cat outside, if there's a possum outside, or anything that they perceive as as territorial or something invading them, they're going to stay where that entranceway is. So it's very, very common for a cat to stay by an open window or an open door. In their mind, they're protecting themselves from from anything else coming in. We're going to be very open and transparent about our pet issues here. And I just want to say from the outset that there's no neurotic behavior in our house. Maybe in other houses, but not in our house. No rules for the cats at all. And there are, yeah, there's no rules for the cats. But Although that, they do use their litter box. But, but that said, we have a cat, an older cat, 
who starts meowing. Caterwauling. Caterwauling. Can you reproduce a caterwauling sound for our audience? I don't, <laughs> I don't think they I want me I to. <laughs> but it's, it's not meowing. It's like yelling. She's oh, yelling. Yeah. You know, yeah, I as loud I as she can. Yeah. And so if that's and, and so she starts it at 5 a.m. when I wake up. And she wakes up the whole household and she will just go on these long rampages and I'll give her some attention. I'll pet her, but she's really loud and she doesn't do this in the evening or, you know, during the day. It's just really in the she's, morning. She's so, almost 16 years old. Now. Yeah. Well, you know, at 16, did, is it something that's been going on for a long time? No, it's just. Okay, well, here's, here's your problem. Chances are she's losing her hearing at 13 years old. It's very common for a dog or a cat as they get older to lose their hearing. So the world sounds entirely different to them. They don't sound as loud to themselves as they sound to you because they're not hearing themselves. So the best way to resolve a situation like that is to, before you go to bed, I don't, I don't know how you feed your cat, before you go to bed, give the cat an extra meal at nine or 10 o'clock at night. Full belly means better sleep. That's number one. Number two, encourage your mind beforehand. And, and you're making the big mistake, Richard, because if you react to the cat, why should the cat stop? If I come home late, my mother yelled at me and then gave me a chocolate chip cookie, I'm going to stay out late. It's not convincing me not to. So by giving her any attention, positive or negative, because animals respond to both, by giving her any attention, you're actually saying, hey, get up. And also remember that cats are nocturnal. So at five o'clock in the morning is like maybe your eight o'clock or nine o'clock. So a little extra food at night, give her a hug and a kiss, have her for another 13 years and put some earplugs in when you go to sleep. Okay, well, we'll give it a shot. And uh, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of this segment. I just want to give his website is thepetshow.com. And I'm assuming people can find your radio show from there. Yeah, the podcast for the radio show, it's all there. It's a, don't forget that TG, thepetshow.com. And there's literally hundreds and hundreds of, of, of articles that I've written that will resolve a lot of people from the day they bring the dog into the house to the day the dog crosses that rainbow bridge. So check it out. It, it, it's a fun site. And everything there is free. I mean, other than the product, everything there is free. And, and many thanks for your work. I mean, I think you're making the world a better place if there's better interactions between people and animals and you're creating happier homes and happier lives. So. Thanks a ton for that. You are listening to Passage to Profit. We just had Warren Eckstein. And if you missed part of that, you definitely want to check out our podcast. You can get it on all podcast places. And we'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearHeartLaw.com. At GearHeart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at GearHeart Law. www.GearHeartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W dot com. 
Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. You just heard from the incredible Warren Eckstein talking all about pets and pet and human relations. It was a great segment, and we really hope that you get a chance to listen to it at least twice. I think it's worth a double listen there. But before we go on to our other distinguished guests, it's time for IP in the news. And for our regular listeners, you know, lots of times we talk about IP stories and we talk about funny patents or trademarks. Today, we're going to try something completely different. It's going to be about trademarks. And as you know, sounds can be trademark. So do you think everybody knew that? I think everybody knows that. <laughs> they know it now. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. We're going to have our guests all guess what these trademark sounds are. I'm going to play it twice because we're playing it off the patent and trademark website. And sometimes it's not properly recorded. But if you go to look up one of these trademarks, instead of having a written description of the trademark, they have an MP3 file that you listen to which is, if you're like a trademark geek like I am, is pretty interesting. So I am going to put it to the team and it's going to be a contest. So whoever comes up with the name of the institution that's trademarked this gets passage to profit points. Just All right? shout it out. Just shout it out. <laughs> so here we go. First one. NBC. Oh, oh. Well, I used to work there, so I should. <laughs> Carrie Barrett, folks. Yeah, it was Carrie Barrett. Here's one that's a little bit longer. I'm not going to play all of it, but hopefully somebody can recognize it. Hey, man, who's that guy coming down? I don't know, but it's not like Okay. Let's see. Here we go. Double A. MCO. Amco. Yes. Yes. That's that was that Warren was, that, that again. Was I listen to those radio ads all the time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going now to the final round. Nationwide is on. Nationwide. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was spellbinding, and I don't think we've had so much excitement. Carrie, you get an extra bonus. She One... gets to interview Colleen. That's your reward. <laughs> Carrie Barrett from Carrie Barrett Consulting. She's an Emmy Award-winning broadcaster. She knows it all. She does it all. She has an incredible consulting business. We can't wait to hear from her. Carrie, take it away. Well, thank you, Richard, and thank you, Elizabeth. And I can't wait to hear from Colleen, and I know our audience can't wait to hear from Colleen as well. Your name, I've got to jump into it. Ferrari, it's intriguing. Any relationship to the car brand? Oh, I so wish so. I wish it was true. <laughs> My dad wished it was true. I wish it was true, but no, unfortunately not. It's with a Y at the end, so we've mixed uh, it all up. Yeah. yeah, they mixed it all up. Well, opportunity lost. Nevertheless, you have found a way to make a great success of yourself and your business as well. Do you want to take a quick second to introduce who you are and what you do to the audience? I am Colleen Ferrari. Uh, nine years ago, I founded a company called Small Business USA, and we were solving the problem for small business owners. We knew that small business owners felt really alone out there, kind of leading your ship by yourself is a really scary place to be. And we wanted to give small business owners an affordable solution. And, and give them a community that they could rely on and depend on. So I'm, I'm pretty amazed next year will be our 10th year. And the list of people that we've been able to help over that time is just more rewarding than anything I've been able to do 
otherwise in my entire life. Amazing. And congratulations. How do you help small business owners? Tell me a little bit more about how you work with them. Yeah, we do two things. The first thing we do is we create a peer advisory board for them. Let's say you had a marketing company. We would find CEOs that aligned with your same core customer, but also brought something very different skill set to the CEO table that you're surrounding yourself. And we, we put in an advisor who is really skilled at that level of business in charge of your advisory board. And we give you this honest, really open, secure, NDA protected place to just say, you know what, today sucked. Or we've had people say things like, you know, if I don't get my second round of funding, I am going to have to close my business, or I can't decide between my taxes, my mortgage, and my business. So it's these real places where these real problems are a safe zone, and we help each other through it. And it's the most empowering, exciting place to be when you're sitting at one of these roundtables. We were early Zoom adapters. So when Zoom hit the market seven years or nine years ago, we actually created a virtual business around that. And we found that it was, uh, it was just as honest, just as straightforward, but we knew that small business owners needed time. So we, we didn't want to take time away and travel and, and minutia. So we made it really hard hitting, impactful, and really relevant to each business owner so they could help grow. So you're going to sit at a table with somebody who's a marketer, somebody who's in finance, somebody who's in HR, somebody who has done it before and somebody who has a fresh set of eyes. And you're going to sit at that board table and you're going to have peers that you surround yourself that are going to help you and, and a qualified consultant, which is really important to us, that are really invested in your future as if they're an owner. Well, I think certainly there are undeniable efficiencies that for those of us, and I only started my business a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic started, but for those of us who were not in a virtual environment and and we have had to move from an offline business model to one that is online, as a small business owner myself, I realize that it's quite convenient when someone can offer these things and I don't have to travel across the country. You were also in that exact space, nine close to 10 years ago now, where you too were probably dealing with, like most of us, those questions like, I'm, I'm on the brink here, or I'm, I'm, I'm still in the red. And if I don't cross over into the black, it's going to be a bad situation. What was it that moved you to start this business? Were you in corporate prior? What did you see was the need there that inspired you to begin? I grew up with a mom who owned a small business and was one, a brilliant businesswoman, but also a disaster as a businesswoman. So we would fly to Paris one week and then we would eat, no kidding, spaghetti and ragu for an entire week because I remember her saying it was 69 cents a serving. She could feed a family on it. And she just, her business was disruptive. And I swore, I swore I would never, ever be an entrepreneur. So I ran off to college and I climbed the corporate ladder. And for the last 12 years of my corporate career, I led some pretty big teams, like three to 5,000 employees. I had total operational control and friends and my sister and my mom still own their own businesses and were fighting this battle. And I remember this moment where my sister had called me and she was like, Holly, and I, you know, I'm having this problem with our website, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, this is like a two minute fix because I here was in corporate America and I had every resource that I could ever imagine. Meanwhile, she was so desperate 
that she had spent two full days trying to solve a problem and calling people to help give her solutions. And I'm like, you know what? It didn't really need to be that hard for her. So, you know, when I was traveling a lot with business and I realized one, I had a child on purpose. I wanted to spend time with her. So it was a great opportunity to kind of step away from corporate life and get off the corporate jet and spend some time at home. But it also, there was a bigger calling for me. It was, I saw this solution where we could marry corporate America and small business and give solutions to small business owners that weren't going to break them. Our first year, I created a board of people who I felt epitomized. The very first board was the one I created for my own company, but it was a well-balanced group. And I'm like, this is my team. This is going to work. One, I started the business with a thousand dollars. So I'm like, I could invest money into this business, but then I would be doing a disservice to everyone else. I wouldn't be really bootstrapping a business and teaching people how to grow a business if I can't do it myself. And then I created this, you know, I lived and breathed this peer advisory board model. But I remember all the people that wanted to give me advice and I would be sitting behind my desk and I'd have a thought as an entrepreneur, especially in many, I hope many of you can relate to this. There were a thousand ideas, a thousand things I could do, a thousand directions, a thousand things that were going to make my business the next greatest thing. But there was only one of me. And it's really hard to decide what are those things that really do have the biggest impact? What should I spend my time and focus on? And that's where my advisory board was like, what are you talking about? That's either that's a dumb idea or I tried it again or or I tried it before they were really helpful in grounding me and keeping me in the rails as a new business owner. So it's so important because when you're first starting, there's so much that you don't know. And I, I, you know, and you get, you get like one degree off course in the beginning. That's not a huge deal, but 18 months later, you stay on that trajectory and you are wildly off target. And it can be as simple as making like a wrong decision about who to surround yourself with. And you're right. And I know we'll give the audience an opportunity to figure out how they could potentially work with you at the end of the show. Colleen, thank you. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you. And boy, I need hard, truthful advice a lot because- And I I give it to you. And you certainly (laughs) do. In spades, as a matter of fact. It's funny. We have a we have several businesses that are couples. They're, they're yeah. right in there too. Yeah. It's sometimes I think we're marriage counselors. Sometimes we have lots of businesses that are husband and wife or family-run businesses, and it gets tricky. So I applaud the two of you because you make it look easy. It's fun to watch. Oh, thank you. Books <laughs> <laughs> can be deceiving, but thank you again, Carrie and Colleen. It was a very informative interview and we'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and 
qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Before we get on to our presentations, it's time for Power Move and Fireside. So, Kenya. Excited about Power Move this evening. We are going to be talking about Idris Sandus. He's a 24-year-old technologist who has partnered with Jay-Z and Marcy Venture Partners to empower tech culture and humanity. So under this partnership, Sandow is going to be launching a tech incubator to help creators and startups access the meta universe more easily. And we were talking a little bit about the metaverse, metaverse before the show started with Elizabeth and she had mentioned Facebook. Well, yeah, I mean, I just saw recently that Facebook is starting a metaverse, which is going to be full of avatars, I guess, and is kind of a scary thought for people with children. What's the difference between a metaverse and a multiverse? A multiverse is more than one. A metaverse is an alternate one. Just, I think, one alternate one to what we have now. I'd like to see a metaverse. I think I want to master the universe first here (laughs) and then move on to the next thing now it's time for fireside fireside directory is a video directory of small businesses that i started a while ago and i'm working on it now and i'm trying to redo the website now i've got a lot of interviews under my belt there's a certain format i want to use nobody has this yet that i've seen and i'm struggling with finding the right website person so i I may actually be calling you calling I'm trying to work with different people and the way people are doing websites now, it's not like it was 20 or 30 years ago where they were focused on the back end and really getting the tech part down. Now everybody starts a website focusing on the outbound marketing and the inbound marketing. And so they don't care about the tech part and the tech part is the only part I want. So it's really been a struggle to find a website person. So I'm a little bit stuck there, but I'm going to get past this barrier. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Call me. We'll have a conversation about it. That sounds great because she really has struggled with finding programmers that kind of get her and the project. And to me, it's like really obvious and straightforward, but it just seems like there's so many developers that are sort of pigeonholed. They're the people that have the marketing companies or the website companies are all focused on marketing. They're not focused on the actual website. And actually, when we were going to redo the Gearheart Law website, the first thing the guy said to us was, well, your website's not as important as like the social media stuff. But it's like, but we hired you to do the website. Didn't work out, long story short. So getting a website these days is is a real challenge to get what you want. But I'm going to power through this block. But that said, it's time for our presenters. And Oh, I can hardly wait to hear about this. So Robert Harbauer sent us a sample of his product, Bondic. If you have been using glue, this is something completely new. It's innovative and it will replace all the glue once people find out about it. So please, Robert, explain your product. Well, you'd know it if you've ever had a cavity and gone to the dentist and instead of using the amalgams and the silvers, they put a liquid in and they cure it with a blue light or a UV light. And if you ever had your nails done, then you put it in a UV light to cure it. So it's that technology that's been used in printing and other things to cure quicker. We live in a world that, you know, my my parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, if something broke, they fixed it with glue. They put two things together and with time and pressure, it cured. But how many times have you ever picked up a glue and it doesn't work anymore because it's uh, spent, it's the solvents have gone out, et cetera. 
And this is different because I'm making new plastic. So instead of throwing something away because it was a poor design, because it broke, because I'm missing something, I can actually make that thing. So think of it as a 3D printer in your pocket that you can use anywhere, any place, anytime, and fix and improve or repair or make something brand new. That's what it is. So it's a different category than glue. There's a glue for everything, but this is when you need to make something new, improve something, et cetera. And that's what it is. So if you do break your nail, you can just add it and fix it because you're not near a nail place if you're on holiday or something. Can you explain a little bit more how that works? So it's more than just putting two things together, sticking them together. You sat on your glasses and you're on vacation, right? So they're prescription glasses and your vacation, you can't read, you can't see, you can't walk, you need those glasses. Another example is how many times my girlfriend had Prada glasses, very expensive prescription sunglasses, but they wouldn't stay in her hair on her head because the arms opened up too wide. So we closed the arms, we added a little bit of Bondic, cured it, because it's like a drop of honey, and then we added it turned the light on it for four seconds and we made a new piece of plastic attached to the arms. And now when the arms open up, they don't open up as wide. So it stays tight on your head. And there's no way that they could have fixed that. That would have been stuck for them, right? You would have to go to the place you bought the glasses, but the glasses were designed poorly that way. I love this quote from your write-up on, I don't know if this came from your website, but Bondic is the world's first liquid plastic welder, making glue look like the antiquated, third-rate, old-fashioned, laughable stepchild of paste that it's always been. <laughs> that was our, well, that was really our launch. We're really people here, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah we, created a character, we created a character called Jim Bondic, James Bond. <laughs> that was his opening line, right? So then he shot glue that was flying in the air. That's on YouTube somewhere. I see this product, though, as solving one of the biggest problems that I have. So, like, when I use super glue, I always end up gluing my fingers together. <laughs> and it, like, takes, like, you know, three or four hours to get them separated. That won't happen with this product, right? Well, first of all, I'm not gluing it. You know, the history of super glue was uh, a medical product, right? It was to put wounds together in the battlefield where you couldn't do any stitching. So that's where it originally came from. It was super, super, super sticky. So they've dumbed it down because people glue their finger to their eyelid because they rub their eyes. So it was a real problem. <laughs> but again, that's when you're putting two things together. And in this case, I'm making something new. So Kenya, if you broke your nail, you would be able to make a new piece and connect it and at least get through the day so you don't catch it on everything. If you smash your drone, you could make that little part that's missing. If you lose your earring backing and you're away and stores are closed, then you could make an earring backing and wear that jewelry to the wedding, for example. So if, if you're fishing, if you've got waders that have a hole, how are you gonna plug that? How many times have you had an air mattress and your guest wakes up like a sausage in a bun? So how do you fix that? You can just put the bondic on and, and Not many, actually, to be perfectly honest with you, so, but it's nice to know that it's there in case we do have a guest like so, that. So, yeah. Robert, is your goal with this company to sell it to 3M or somebody, or do you want to just keep it yourself and keep growing it? You know, my focus is there's a bit of history. So a dentist invented it. I found the product in a hardware store in Germany. I contacted them to distribute it. I got the North American rights to distribute it. I bought it from and it all failed because the quality was bad. And this dentist was genuinely a really good person. He just wasn't a great business person. He'd uh, unfortunately had some experience with bankruptcy before. And I was put in the position with this new company that I was going to be in the same boat. So I just said, listen, you need to let me fix the problems. You need to let me manufacture it. You're a great inventor. Keep your inventions going. He suddenly died at age 50 unexpectedly. 
and his wife and child were there. So nothing was on the way. So I basically put his wife on the payroll and we move forward because this is something that everybody can use at least once. I mean, everybody knows, for example, Crazy Glue, and they stopped those commercials 20 years ago, but we know exactly what it is. And I need to get to the point where we use bondic as a verb. Like somebody's going to say, don't glue that. You need to bondic that. And I'm not there yet. That's the goal. Um, there's a lot of challenges because everybody thinks of it as a glue and everybody knows a glue is $3.99 or $1.99 or $4.99. And I'm like a $14 product at that time. We're like $21. So there was so much rejection and so much resistance because one of my product would replace, you know, 10 other products on a shelf. So no buyer wanted to spend or make that investment to something they didn't know. And then there was 37 people that knocked us off in spite of having the copyright and the trademark and the patent stuff. So if you don't defend your patent, then it's going to become worthless. So now you have a whole new set of costs that you never anticipate because you don't think the world is that evil, yet they are. And so you have to combine that with marketing, right? So our thing was that we have to get people to understand. And it was so bad that people from competitive products would contact us. We'd find out it wasn't even our product. And we'd say, listen, sorry, you have a bad knockoff. Can we send you complimentary our product? Because I wanted them to be at a Thanksgiving table and say, listen, I was so stupid, cousin George. I was complaining and swearing at this company and then they even made it better, right? So I want people to talk about it in a positive way. To answer your question, I haven't reached the goal of making it that popular yet. And that's my main thing, right? I've got to create this brand that's global. We're in 53 countries so far. Well, we have a marketing genius here. Kenya is an incredible marketer. So Kenya, what do you think? Well, I think it's great. And I, I'm not sure like how you're segmenting yourselves in the market, right? Like I think about nail salons and just how often I go get my nails done. And I literally was gluing my nail back together while we were all talking just now because it was lifting up. My question is, you know, do, have you segmented specific demographics that you want to go after? I mean, obviously everybody can use this, but like, have you thought about maybe going after particular segments like nail salons and so on and so forth? And the other part of it is more of a scientific question because I'm a little bit of a geek and a nerd. In terms of like the glue, like the breakdown, right? Like regular glue breaks down very easy, right? What is the life cycle, would you say, of your product compared to a traditional competitor on the market? So remember, it's not a glue. And let me just try and give you an explanation of what plastic is. Plastic is a polymer chain. So think of chemicals or blobs that are attracted to each other that want to get organized. And when they get organized somehow, that's what you know as plastic. It's a polymer. And what you have in our little tin is a tube of liquid where there's a fluid separating the ability for those two components to attract and come together, get organized and become a plastic. Except when you shine that UV light or when you hold that fluid in the sun, a chemical process occurs where the fluid basically dissipates and allows for those monomers, that's what they're called, to come together and become a plastic. Any type of glue is a product that has a solvent in it that is air cured. So the minute you open up a glue, which is meant to put two things together, and there's a specific glue for metal, for wood, for plastic or whatever, we're not a glue, we're not a solvent. And that's why that tube lasts for years. Maybe the battery on the LED is gone. Like a battery lasts, let's say five years in storage. So that's why it's always good when you take it out of a tin. That's why it's in a tin. So it's protected from UV light. It's in a black tube. So you're making new plastic rather than putting two things together. Can you connect two things? Yes. 
it's like making a bridge and making it stronger, right? So if your bone breaks, it heals back bigger. You're doing that. You're creating like a healing process with this plastic. And what was the other question about the, uh, the market oh, segment? The market segment yeah. Yeah. I'm a guy. I saw it in a hardware store in Germany and I'm like, oh, oh, DIY guy, right? So that's where our entire focus was until we started to go online and sell it and get the analytics from the website and the Google analytics, for example. And then we realized that come Q4, we turn into a company that sells instead of to a DIY guy, 35 and up, 71% of our customers are women uh, age 45 and up. And the logical reason is because without women in your life, Christmas is going to suck because they're always thinking ahead, planning ahead, making sure everybody's stocking stuff. Nobody's left out, even bad cousin George or whatever, right? So everybody's included. <laughs> and, and we become a huge giftable, right? And that's why we decided now, and I think I sent it to you, we printed on the tin for your law firm, right? So yeah. it's not just another golf shirt. It's not just another umbrella or a koozie or a mug. It's something that's going to last for years and you can put a cool message on it. So in Q4, we turn into 71% female above age 45, but we can sell to everybody, right? Adults would buy it for their kids, uh, people buy it for model train, for boat, for fishing, hiking, camping. If you have a hole in your tent and it's leaking on your forehead, because that's where the hole is going to be, how are you going to fix that? Right. And if it's wet, duct tape isn't going to work, but I could put a drop of bondic spread around, cure it and solve the problem for the rest of the camping trip. So that's what it's for. It's for emergency use. It's kind of like a fire extinguisher really isn't good at the shelf at Home Depot. You kind of need it in the kitchen. A Swiss knife isn't really good if you're stranded and need to survive. If it's online at Amazon, you need to have it with you all the time. So that's where we're trying to get to. Thank you very much, Robert Harbauer with Bondic, which you can find at the website, notaglue.com. <laughs> it's not a glue, it's Bondic. This and is product differentiation to the max. Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. We will be right back after this message. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the Inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not? make it you. If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. If you missed any of the show, podcast is out tomorrow on all the major podcasting platforms. iHeart, of course. It's definitely worth going back and listening to because, wow, that's all I can say. Now we have our next presenter, Jen Du, with BB Beverages, a woman after my own heart. Oh, my gosh. She's got the hangover cure. So welcome. Tell us all about it. Boy, that was revealing. Are you sure you (laughs) want thousands of people to hear that? But I guess you do. So let's just keep going. Oh, my gosh. So hi, I'm Jen Du. I'm the founder and owner of BB Beverages. And I'll start by telling you the story of why I created the company. 
And that's because my 20s looked probably nothing like yours. Um, I was never able to drink even a few sips of alcohol without flushing all red. My entire body would turn bright red like a tomato. Really bad stomach aches, headaches just after a few sips of alcohol. And so I've never been to a tailgate party. I didn't really go to parties when I was in my 20s. Networking events were kind of awkward for me. Dating was extremely awkward because, you know, what's the first thing you do when you go to a restaurant or a lounge is you order a drink and it's like an icebreaker. So I dedicated my 30s to helping people who have that same problem. Turns out there's billions of people around the world that flush red, feel hot, get headaches and stomach aches when they drink alcohol. And I launched my first product before, it was called Before Elixir. And it was just made for, to solve this problem called Asian glow is the street term for it, for alcohol flush syndrome. It affects 70% of Asian people and about 10% of the general population. And then after a few years of having that in market, I learned that people really want a hangover prevention and something that they can drink the next day if they don't feel good. So that's BB Beverages now. We make a whole line of alcohol detox and wellness shots for health conscious party goers. So any celebration you need, we got you covered. Well, I did order three of them for Christmas. The holidays are coming oh up, right? Gosh. Our kids are going to be around. There was yep. one Christmas Eve where Elizabeth our son- Elizabeth was very attracted to this product. <laughs> our son totally corrupted Richard and they were up till four in the morning. Let's just say we open presents at like three in the afternoon that was years ago and that was that was not me that was somebody else <laughs> i deny that rumor completely but i will not buy chocolate vodka i won't have it in the house because i've tasted it a few times it's so good i'm like i could see myself totally overdoing this and killing myself really so does this work with any type of alcohol speaking of chocolate vodka hangovers and flushing occur it's a metabolic issue so i'm going to get kind of sciencey on you when you drink alcohol your body breaks down to a toxin called acetaldehyde and if you have just the right amount of that you can just have a nice buzz feel warm and a little tipsy if you have too much of that toxin that's what causes a hangover and people who have that flush response to alcohol we metabolize alcohol 40 to 100 times faster than average so that means we're building up 40 to 100 times more of that toxin, which caused that systemic flushing response. It depends on the person. So it depends. If you have a good relationship to peppermint schnapps, then, you know, you're fine. Relationship to peppermint schnapps. <laughs> I, I am just fascinated. So are you an alcoholic by now since you have all of these treatments and <laughs> the hangover? <laughs> we don't normally ask people questions like this. Well, let me rephrase it. Do you find yourself drinking more now that you have a treatment for hangovers? You're going to laugh at my answer. I actually don't drink ever. Really? Yes. It's because I developed a strong aversion to alcohol in my 20s, but I developed a really strong passion for solving that problem because I didn't want other people to feel excluded from social events like I did. So my passion for alcohol is all in helping people have a healthy relationship with it and feel good after any celebration. Carrie? I think this is really smart. It's so targeted. I had no idea that this product existed and neither does she, but I'm very excited to tell her because despite the fact that she doesn't need it, she knows a whole slew of people who do. 
<laughs> you know, I lived in Korea for two years. So I'm Vietnamese French, born in California, USA. And I lived in Korea and worked there for two years. And in Korea, you know, people have makeup to yeah. cover up because when you flush red, your skin turns a different color. So they have makeup to counteract that. And it's like a more green foundation. Yeah, yeah. Up. And you look like you're literally wasted, even if you've had after just yeah. one drink. So, you know, there's a lot of judgment behind it and you don't want to look that way. So literally billions of people in the world have this problem. And then most everyone is susceptible to a hangover. So I'm your lady. I'm the one who has the hangover. She's good to go. But I do think, you know, people think it's like, oh, it's just an excuse to drink heavily. But it's not. I, if you haven't experienced that and know what the perception is that comes along with it, you may not recognize well, why this could be a game changer for so many people. Well, I've been a problem solver and entrepreneur kind of my entire life. I, I had no intention of building this business, though. I used to work in the music industry and then I went to business school. And I had a career in the tech industry all lined up. I used to work at Dell and Alienware. In business school, though, in my second year of business school, my friend invited me to a startup competition in New York City at the Alley NYC. They asked participants to come with a problem, not a product, a problem you want to solve that you've never worked on before. And so I thought immediately, Asian Glow, I've been suffering for my entire life. I want to solve that. So I was selected to form a team. And my team won out of all 12 teams and the judges said that you blew away the competition. You have to create this product. You, it could be the next Red Bull. And I just looked at them like dazzled. I thought, I'm about to go into this career in the tech industry. I wasn't planning on, you know, launching a business. Years later, here I am. <laughs> but, you know, all that paid off because just this year we partnered with UNFI, which is the largest grocery distributor in the U.S., yeah, That's so awesome. Kenya, do you have one quick thing? Yeah. Does it help you sober up? Because I know it helps <laughs> alleviate. Nothing is better than time and water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to have to wrap this up. Listeners, you are listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710. And if you missed any of this, it will be on our podcast tomorrow. And we will be right back after this message. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't pretend protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. Who was on the show today? If you missed it, you want to go back and listen to it. These people are amazing. We first read Warren Eckstein, pet psychologist, has his own radio show, The petshow.com. He was amazing. If you have a pet, which so many of us do, and you have a question, you can find out more from his website and call into his radio show. And I think his motto should be, 
your pet's not crazy, you are, because <laughs> that is. That was kind of the message we got. And then we had Carrie Barrett, Carrie Barrett Consulting, and she interviewed Colleen Ferrari, not spelled exactly the same way as the car, but Colleen has smallbusinessus.com where she helps people who are starting their own small businesses in it's really a wonderful organization. Make your small business go vroom, vroom, and you'll get further down the road. How long did it take you to come up with that one? It was just like that. I'm a natural. Oh, my God. Okay. And, and we had, of course... Kenya Gibson, Gibson with a P, Kenya Gibson at iHeartMedia.com, talking about Power Move and Idris. She is our media maven for Passage to Profit. If you need marketing ideas, if you want to be on the radio, if you want to do digital marketing, contact Kenya. She's got it all. And then we had Robert Harbauer with Bondic. He describes it extremely well. It's not a glue, but you can use it in so many different ways. It's the product of the future. Really. Like we talk about innovation and being in the future. It really is. And you can find it at notaglue.com. I just think that Robert's going to take off with this. I, I, you know, it's really a very cool product. And have a bonding experience with a member of your family. <laughs> and then we had Jen Du with BB Beverages, B-I-B-I Beverages.com. So she has these medicinal type of beverages that help people who like to drink. She has a variety of them that help your body process the nasty chemicals that result in a night of binging. Yeah, I never heard of the Asian flush and I can see how it is a real problem. And Jen has devoted a significant part of her career to solving that. So hats off to you, Jen. What I love about this show is that I get ideas for little gifts for the people in my life. There you go. So that is a great thing. And unfortunately, we have to wrap things up. I'd like to say thank you to our producer, Noah Fleischman, production assistant, Alicia Morrissey and our video editor, Chad Boss. But before we go, I'd like to ask our guests for some final comments. So Carrie? You know what, Elizabeth, I was going to say the exact same thing that you do. I always learn a ton and make great connections when I'm part of Passage to Profit. I also got a substantial number of items ticked off my holiday list. (laughs) (laughs) I've got got Bondic for my husband. Colleen, I have you for my business. And Jen, I know a slew of people who need what you do. (laughs) Kenya? I always feel like we always have this overarching theme of the show, right? And I would say for today, it was definitely problem solving, right? We got to talk about problem solving when it comes to pets, when it comes to small business with Colleen, when it comes to Bondic with Robert and BB Beverages. I mean, you're saving the world one bottle at a time, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it was a great show, great conversation. And again, just back to what Passage to Profit does. We are also in the problem solving business when it comes to innovation and entrepreneurship. So great show today. Well, thank you very much. We enjoyed it. And thank you to our audience. We love you. Keep the cards and letters coming in. We're happy to be on iHeart. Heart Radio. You're listening to Passage to Profit on iHeartRadio, WOR710, the voice of New York.